Is it Monday evening already? It must be time for the den. So let's grab a drink and have a seat. You are now entering the lion's den. With your host, Isaac Murden, a.k.a. The Finisher. Here in the den, we have conversations from the soul, where we explore stories that matter by the guests who share them. Now, here's your host, Isaac Murden. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, everybody, man. This is your boy, Isaac Merton, a.k.a. The Finisher, man. We are back for another episode of The Den. Once again, man, I, you know, I don't really even need to introduce her. She's been on the show before. It's been two or three weeks. We've had some um, individuals that was interested in her coming back to the show so she could finish talking about her book. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, I'm going to reintroduce you to the author of the lies that she told and the secrets that she kept, Ms. Toy Beckman. Hi, how you doing? What's going on, girl? What's going on? What's going on? Look, like we talked pre-show, man, there's people want to hear more about the book, man. You know what I'm saying? We're going we gonna to get right to it. I'm here for it, but I need you to pronounce it right. It's for black man. Black man. You know what? I don't know where I'm getting this black man from, but you know, I'm going to get it right. I'm most definitely, I'm going to get it right, black man. I most definitely am. I really, really appreciate that correction at this point, man. Toy, you you really becoming one of my favorite persons right now because um, last week I had an opportunity to not only listen to, you know, a few of your podcasts, we're going to get to that later. And I went back to continue to read the inserts in the book. And the more that I read the book, the more um, I came to the conclusion that a lot of times, even in the process of you being a stripper, you were in survival mode. So could you tell our audience what what's, what's that like? Oh, my God. It's very... It's very stressful and manipulative. Like, you have to be strong, man, because you have dudes that's going to try you. You have pimps in the club that's going to try you. You have the girls that's going to try you if you're dancing with their customers. So you always have to be on your toes. That's why I say it's not for the weak. When you talk about the weak, what what are you really being, um, what are you really um referring to you talking about mentally or physically or both both like you have to be mentally and physically you can't let them see that you're a weak person because if they see that you're weak they're going to try you all type of ways and you're going to fall for that shit because they're going to throw money at you because they see you're a stripper so clearly you're in there for the money so they're going to let the money talk for them and if you weak-minded like that they're going to take advantage of your ass and you're going to fall for that shit all because you wanted to make a buck. And at the end of the day, the shit don't even be worth it. Look, man, I most definitely can understand that. You know, last last episode where we talked, you talked about how you got introduced to the club. Did you have any idea of what you was in for before you even started making a decision that you wanted to be a stripper? Nope, nobody warned me. No, none of that. But when I started at 19, the stripping game was not how it is now. It was more laid back, and you didn't have people really disrespecting you like that, to be honest. But as I got 
older and kept dancing, that's when it got more crazier and wilder. Like, guys really used to respect us. But now these these guys don't be respecting these girls. So they how did you, like so how did you deal with that? Because that, that has to be emotionally um draining at times, dealing with the, the um level of disrespect and still trying to, you know, do your job and, and and trying to be a lady at the same time. Well, my mouth is horrible when it comes to that because you say A to me, I'ma say B to Z. So I ain't never let nobody disrespect me and I'm gonna be ready to fight because baby growing up I don't fault niggas and all. So I don't give a fuck about you gotta dig a pussy like bitch. Everybody falls. So <laughs> I don't for real, like I was how old I was. I was in my early twenties and I was working at this club in Miami and it was this big dude, like he was very disrespectful. Man, that man was literally in the middle of the street in front of the club. It was a it's a highway, it's a main street in Miami, it's not a highway, it's a main street in Miami. It's um called one nineteen. It's hundred and nineteenth street. We in the middle of the street, hard down, fighting blow for blow. And everybody was like, what the fuck? Like, man, this little girl, like, literally sticking with this nigga here and knock her out, no nothing. Like, bitch, we was going blow for blow. Like, I don't like that disrespectful shit. I don't give a fuck because I'm in a strip club. Don't fucking disrespect me. I'm not like all these other hoes. But it was so crazy because a lot of dudes told me, like, I'm very intimidating. Because how I carry myself. Yeah, I'm carrying myself like that to let y'all know, bitch, I'm here by my money. Don't fucking try me. It sounds like that came, it became more of a survival mechanism more than anything. Because I'm quite sure, you know, the longer you did your, and perfected your craft, the more you understand the person that you needed to be to protect yep. yourself. Yeah. And, that, and that's really important, man, because... Just like I said, man, that that type of work is scandalous. And it's not built for everybody. It's really, really, really not meant for everybody. But, you know, I, I want to touch on, you know, your relationship with your moms and your grandmother, mm-hmm. you know, during that time. Like, I know you talked a little bit about your moms, but you really didn't talk too much about your grandmother. So what was those relationships like during that period for you? Well, when my grandma first found out that I was a dancer, her response was, oh, me and your dad's going to come to the club and um, he's going to snatch you out of there. And I said, because my dad was not a father. So I said, you and him come to the club if you want to. And I asked his fuck ass, do he want to dance the fuck? <laughs> and we left that alone. And then she ended up passing. So that's why you don't see me too much, like, talk about my grandma. Because my grandma passed. She died from AIDS. Okay. 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 How about your moms? My mom died from cancer. She died in 2015. What was that relationship like? Were you guys able to, um, at some point, like, mend some some of your relationship due to her past and your past? Yeah, some um when she, once she got sick is when she became like the mother to tell me she loved me and things like that and I was by her side once she passed like I was really there when she took her last breath like I told her like if you ready to go like we'll be okay and she gave me this look like are you sure and I'm like 
give a hug and look like mm-hmm, not really but uh, I know you try to just land here as a vegetable can't do anything so once I told her we gonna be okay she took her last breath yeah I most definitely can relate to that being there for my mom's when she took her last breath um it's um if if you haven't never experienced it, you really can't talk about it. It's an experience like no other experience. Um, however, it also brings a peace among you, you know, understanding that, you know what, the people that you love, they're no longer suffering. So I most definitely want to commend you for just giving yourself an opportunity to kind of make amends to, you know, your mom and your grandmother and and just being at peace with that. So I just want to just commend you for that because that's a, um, mo- many people don't have an opportunity to do that. So I think that's very special, man. So so tell us about what it's been like. I know the book dropped. You got some hard copies on Sunday. What has that response been like? Um, The hard copies are really moving slow. It's like they don't purchase them for me. They just keep going to Amazon. <laughs> So nobody is really getting an autographed copy. I think I done did only so five, but everybody keep going on Amazon ordering. So you gotta you gotta you gotta push it out there and let people know you got those hard copies, personal I mean, I autograph do. and things like that. I do. But you you know, you know how we do, man. Sometimes it's just easy to go click a button mm-hmm. and just get it and just wait for it to come in the mail. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But unfortunately, if you continue to be patient. Them books are gonna they're gonna fly off the shelf, man, and you're gonna you're gonna get all the blessings that's supposed to come to you, man. So, you know, um for you guys out there, you know, I'm 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 a big advocate for podcasters and a few podcasts that I, I I listen to um weekly. And one of the podcasts is your podcast. So um how did you guys come up with the concept for your podcast? I seen her on live one day and remind you, we've been friends, but she was on live and she was like reviewing people products. And I was like, I'm going to reach out to her because I want to start a podcast. I've been wanting to start one, but the people that I was trying to do it with, like they was acting like they wasn't interested. So I just was like, I forgot about it. Well, I ain't going to say forgot about it. I just put it on the back burner because I really didn't want to do it by myself. I wanted someone to be interacting with me. So when I seen her on live and I was like, I called her, I was like, hey, I just watch your live. Like, I was thinking about doing a podcast and I like for you to do it with me. And then she was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. She's like, I literally was sitting here writing down how to do a podcast. And I was like, for real? She was like, yeah. So she was like, what would your vision be? I said, well, my vision would be to support um, local rappers because I also used to manage local rappers. And I used to have um, indie artists concerts every six months for rappers. And she also used to work with um, rappers. So I was like, you know, that would be a good thing for us. But we also was like... um, we want to talk about everyday things, questions that everybody always want to know, but they want other people. But I want to stay away from anything um, religious or politics. And she said, me too. So that's how we came up with that. 
I really, I really enjoy um you guys' episodes, man. You guys are funny. Um, you blend together real well. Both of you guys are silly, man. But um, <laughs> I love it, man. You know, I I be, I be listening to the podcast and I be um I be just giggling. I be like, man, they some fools. But you most definitely, you guys most definitely get to the issues at hand. Um, it's another podcast that I really enjoy. Um, if you get a chance, um, it's called Unpacked Energy. Um, by a girlfriend of mine. By her, her name is um Tiana White. I most definitely is pushing that out there. Um, so if you get a chance, man, just stop by, check out a couple of couple of episodes, cause she's most definitely empowering, and she's for she's for all empowering women, and um, you know, just check it out. But we're gonna get back to man. We're gonna get back to you right now. We're gonna get back to you. You know, in the book you talked about um at 11 years old, um, being touched by one of your grandmother's friends. Mm -hmm. What was that like? It was so weird and uncomfortable. And I felt like I couldn't tell nobody because I don't know, for some reason growing up, like they always say kids are liars. You're lying. You're a big liar. You're a liar. So when I got touched, I didn't say nothing. I just never went around him by myself anymore because my grandma used to work and he used to be at the house with us, but my auntie, them, they stayed in the house too. So sometimes me and my cousins will go in the room and watch wrestling with him because we like it wrestling. So on Mondays, we'll go in the room and watch wrestling with him. But this, um, this night, I don't think my cousin was there couldn't have been. So I went in the room and I remember walking out and he touched my titty and I grabbed it and I looked at him and then he was looking at me smiling and was like rubbing on himself and I just left out the room and I didn't tell nobody. I didn't say anything. I just never went back around him by myself. And what was the reason you didn't say anything? You didn't think anybody was going to believe you at that time? Yeah, because they always said I was a big liar. So that's why I didn't say anything because it's like they're going to say I'm a liar. So why even tell them? Okay. So, um, you know, you talked about being raped in the book and that was powerful. I, I thought that was a, that's a game changer for a lot of um women that have had issues or have been raped, but haven't had the courage to talk about it. And you talked about it in your book. Can you talk, can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, I was walking to school one day and this guy come up and was talking to me. So when he's talking to me, he's like trying to literally get to know me. And I'm like, I'm talking, but I'm still walking. And I turned around or something. And when I turned around, I don't know how the fuck he got out of that car so fast. But I was he was out the car and was snatching me and putting me in the car. So. I guess in the car, he locks the doors to where I can't open there or anything. So he drives me to like this roomy house. So we goes in there and, you know, he forced himself on me or whatever. So he having sex with me and I'm screaming, stop, stop, stop. You hurting me. You're hurting me. And the older guy heard me and he bust in the room. So when the guy bust in the room, he was like, what are you doing to that girl? And he just like was looking and I just got my like pulled up my pants because he didn't like take off my shirt or anything. I had on a dress, matter of fact. So um, I just pulled up my panties and I ran out. 
and I just walked all the way back to school. I could have went home because my house was before the school because I stayed up the streets from the house, but I just didn't go to the house. I went to school and when I'm walking on campus, I'm crying. It takes me from where he took me to where my school was. It was like a walk. It was like a two hour walk. So when I get to school, one of my mama's friends was um a aide at the school that day and she seen me walking on campus and she was like why are you coming to school late but when she got closer to me she seen that I was crying and she just grabbed me and was like what's wrong what's wrong and I told her like um someone just raped me and I just got away and she took me to the office they called the police I had remembered um remember his tag number because I had looked at his tag number when I left out the place and I gave, they called the police. I gave them the tag number. They ran his tag number, said he was from Miami. And um, I was eight months pregnant at the time, you guys. And after that, like a couple of days later, like they never had caught him until he was in my neighborhood. And it was these two young um, white girls walking with their baby. And he was talking to them just how he was doing me as they was walking. He was in his car riding slow with them talking to them. So I was on the back porch cause we had a patio, um, screen in patio. So I was sitting on the back porch and I spotted his car and I ran in the house. I was like, mom, mom, the dude who raped me, he outside, he outside. So my mom ran out there. Like she just, my mom was crazy. Y'all think that was crazy. <laughs> my mom was crazy. I was fucking scared because I'm like, I don't know what this man might do to us. And she just running. She ran and caught up to him. She was like, bitch, leave them fucking kids alone. And then she was like, come out. Tell me to come out, bitch. I was like, mm-mm. She said, come here. I went. She said, you fucking know her? You know her? Bitch, you know her? So he looking stupid in the face. So she was like, bitch, this is my daughter and you raped her. And we stayed like on a dirt road. So my mom was picking up fucking rocks and was throwing them at his cars and shit. The whole time, I ain't know my stepdaddy had to call the police. So as he, now he's trying to speed out the neighborhood, but the police caught him at the beginning of the neighborhood. So he went to jail or whatever. But bitch, I was scared because I was like, this man could have killed us, shot us. Bitch. My mom, bitch, she ain't care. Mm-mm-mm. Let me tell you something. You got a story for a story. You know that? I'm loving yeah. every minute of it. We're going to talk about you falling in love with these corner boys, man. You know, you didn't <laughs> seem like you was kind of girl, you know, like a dude, you know, nine to five, you know, working at McDonald's, you know, may, maybe working at the shoe shop, man. What's going on with that, man? What was so attractive about them corner boys? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Oh, man. boy. Here we go. It's like when the bitch said they got a job, it was like I dated one boy younger that had a job, and he was a good-ass dude. But, of course, I cheated because I cheated on him with a nigga with some money that was a drug dealer and that was older. I don't know. It's just like they was giving me whatever the fuck I needed. And they I didn't, they didn't make me wait. I didn't have to wait a week or two for a paycheck to get what I wanted. Boy, me being an ex-corner <laughs> boy myself, man, I most definitely can relate. I most definitely can relate. But we can talk about my story later on. But I'm telling you, Toy, once again, man, it's been, it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, viewing the podcast and everything um 
what would you say to any young girl that out, that's out there right now that's in her life or being influenced about being in her life? What would you what would you say to them today? I say be strong. Don't let people judge you because of what you're doing. Know how to carry yourself and make people respect you. No matter what you're doing, just because you're a dancer, just because you getting paid the fuck, whatever you're doing, like just respect yourself and carry yourself in a respectful way and make them respect you. Get your money in any means. I don't, I don't hate on nobody the way they get their money. Get your money, but know your reason why you're doing that shit. Don't just be doing it for fun. And y'all heard it here on the den, man. Once again, we want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out to come join us on the show. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you decided to stop by and pay us a visit. Ladies and gentlemen, Toy, tell them the name of the book again. The Secret She Kept and the Lies She Told out on Amazon right now. If you want an autographed copy, you can purchase it from me. You can follow me on Toy Blackman. That's on all platforms. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If they want an autograph copy, can they DM you? Yes. At Toy Blackman on Facebook, Toy Blackman on Instagram, Toy Blackman on TikTok. And what's going on with them clothing lines? What's going on, man? How, how can it... How can a young lady get get a piece? You can follow my clothing page on Instagram. It's successful underscore luxury. Y'all heard it here on the den. Once again, Toy, love you, girl. Thank you. Love you, too. Thank you for taking time out to come join us in the den. Anytime, 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 most definitely, you know, you, you know, we, you know, we're going to do a third pop because I'm going to talk to you about them personalities. (laughs) (laughs) We go get, we go get to that next time. But once again, I want to thank everybody that tuned in to a Monday night episode of the den with your boy, Isaac Murden. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you decided to stop by and pay me a visit. If nobody told you that they love you today. I love you guys. Toy, love you. I'll talk to you soon. We out.